hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. while back, we talked about the 365 DNI film and how you watched it. You ended up watching it, I think, with like your sister and like her, yeah. her at the time fiance and like people that you clearly shouldn't be watching this movie with. Yeah. I think it was actually her boyfriend at that point. It was like, you know, we've lived overseas. And so I feel like it was like one of the first dish times that we met and we're sitting there. She's like, oh, I want to watch this movie. And then we were all just like, what the fuck um, are we watching? <laughs> this is fucking weird. Am I? I was like, am I watching porn with my sister? And like, yeah. So yes. Well, Tell me more. It gets better. So they released the second movie in the series. It's basically like the international version of Fifty Shades, mm-hmm. but like, like I already thought Fifty Shades had like a shitty plotline and shitty writing. This is like 10 times worse, maybe even 100 times worse from like the plotline writing standpoint. But, you know, Pierre and I love to make drinking games out of like terrible romantic films. And, um, you know, it came out, I think, on the 20th, what was it, 27th of April? And I was in Egypt, so I didn't get to watch it till I got back. And I shit you not, maybe about 20, I think it was at the 22 mark. I have to like, I had to like pause the movie and I looked over at Pierre and I was like, have we advanced at all in the storyline or is it just me? Like we've literally just been watching softcore porn. Like I would yeah. even like say borderline porn, like not even softcore at that point. Like I don't know what techniques they were using on set, <laughs> but like, God damn. And he turns to me, he was like, yeah, we haven't gotten a single actual line that advances the plot for the first 22 minutes. So then I play and we continue on to the next scene thinking like, okay, now we're going to get somewhere plot wise. Uh, no, just another sex scene. But this time it's like with her friend and like, I guess the head of security for him, the character in the, in the movie. Um, and I literally turned over to Pierre. I was like, so we're still like 30 plus minutes in still no fucking plot line. Um, absolute trash, absolute trash, like (laughs) absolute trash. Yeah. Yeah. But I think people are still watching it. Right. So they're doing something right. And I think like what 50 shades showed us and this is like, and sex life. Mm. is girls are fucking filthy too. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's what I think this has taught me. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, you know, I'm on TikTok and I'm on Book Talk, and a lot of Book Talk is women talking about like smutty romances that they really love. Yeah. Like exactly. as women, I'm pretty sure, you know, we love to read our porn in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, Fifty Shades was one thing. I think it was like one level of showcasing of like, you know, what women kind of like want to see a little bit. This is just like 
absolute fucking filth. And I think when the first movie came out, I was actually here for it because I, I actually liked the premise of it, even though it was like way out there. And I felt like the plot line was actually moving with the sex. This was just like, mm-hmm. we're going to throw <laughs> all of the sex at you because we know that that's what you want, that like there was no plot line. Um, so for me, it was actually I've- worse. But... I will recommend it for people. You know how like some couples like to watch porn together and there are some women who like may not be as comfortable with that with their significant other. I would say this is Uh a good stepping stone for those that like want to try it. (laughs) Okay. You heard it first here on the basic (laughs) and the brain. We now give sex advice. Um, We do. You know what I was just thinking as you were saying (laughs) that I wonder if like somebody at Netflix did an analysis or someone somewhere that had access to user data to see like, I would, I would, Bet thinking about this now that there's a really good number of people mm-hmm. that like maybe just fast forward to the sex scenes. So they oh. were like, fuck it. That's all you're watching anyway. That's all Let's you're just getting. Give you an hour of it. Me, maybe, right? I mean, look. I wonder if they do that. I like to get lost in the story. Like, I need some sort of like belief, like some sort of storyline to make it somewhat believable. This was like out the <laughs> fucking gate. And especially the way that the first movie ended. And I won't give spoilers to folks, but the way that the first movie ended and the way that the second movie began, I was like, I don't understand how we got here. Like, I need some sort of like, <laughs> some sort of like, at least give me like one sentence, maybe two, as to how we got to this point in the second movie nothing it was like literally you open and it was an immediate sex scene like that was that was it um i mean look i feel like netflix is starting to freak out because you know they've been cutting content left and right trying to figure out what Mm -hmm. people like actually want and they probably figured well we know people love this for the sex so we're just gonna throw sex at you um and i i want to be like can we just ease up just just a little bit like i just need a tiny (laughs) bit of plot just give me a couple sentences here and there explaining to me how this is moving along put as much sex (laughs) as you want i don't care just something i just i need to understand how we're advancing here that's that's all i just need. give us dialogue i need just to know whether or not i'm i'm watching porn hub or not exactly um, yeah netflix is cutting shit left and right left and um, right. i don't know if we talked about this but did you know that they cut megan markle's um yeah. animated series Pearl, i know i the saw that title um bitch god and- was coming to her well, there's that. Sorry, then, sorry that was mean. <laughs> that that was mean, but I mean, I'm not that surprised by it. Um, it's your Scorpio coming out. No, <laughs> um, I will say there have also been some articles too that have come out, and I think this is part of the rumor mill that like Netflix is saying, you know, you sign this deal with us, you can't just like take the money and like not produce content. Yeah. Um, which damn savage, but also like facts, like how many years has this contract been in place and they've had the money and they haven't produced anything. And I find it fascinating that they've cut this show like, okay, well then what else is in the works? Come on guys. There is, there is an, there is a show about the Invictus games, which I think Harry either organized or founded. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a documentary about that, but I don't know, man, they, they, they need to claw back that, uh, that money so they can, they can fund more trash television oh, that, that we all want to watch, right? I know our favorite fucking category. Um, like, as you know, and as I know, we both love reality TV trash. Like, love it. Um, and especially, I find it funny, too, that Netflix keeps, like, throwing money at these dating shows. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently watching Love on the Spectrum US. I watched the international one. 
um, watching the US one now. Um, but it's not also, but it's not only Netflix that's doing it too. It's like all of these networks are throwing money at these types of shows. Like, whereas, mm. so Netflix has Love is Blind, plus there was that one where people were wearing weird masks and being characters. Oh, yes. I forgot about, um, I can't remember. Oh, what was it called? I don't remember, but I, I watched it. It was, it, it was weird. Oddly and interesting. Though. Yeah. Um, yes. And then of course we know like married at first sight where people like who've never seen each other before end up like deciding to, you know, put their faith in experts and they match them. So um, weird. I still love it. It's still like absolute trash, but it's so good. Um, and I think, you know, I've noticed the most recent phenomena around dating shows has really been about testing how much like physical attractiveness actually plays a role in like your mate selection process, right? Because Love is Blind, it was all about connecting on like an emotional intimacy level versus mm-hmm. on physical attractiveness. Um, and I think it was when Pierre and I were watching the latest season of Love is Blind where we started to like actually discuss if these couples could succeed without factoring in looks because I think we had watched Married at First Sight. We had been binge watching and in Married at First Sight, you can always tell when the couple is going to do well versus not do well based on the way that they talk during the interviews um, and sort of the first glances of whether or not they found their partner attractive. Mm -hmm. If the woman does not find the dude attractive, they're not, they're not going to end up together at the end. Like it's like a very common theme that I've noticed. Um, I, I find it funny. Well, I forget their names because I'm the worst, but didn't that happen like, um, on love is blind, the most recent season two, mm-hmm. there was, Oh my gosh, what were their names? I'm the worst. Um, it was the guy, the vet, the South Asian vet and then the South Asian girl. I forget what she did for a living, but yes. he was like, this is my dream girl. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Blah, blah, blah. Not- and then he like, mm-hmm. and then he saw her and was like, she looks like my aunt. I can't remember their names again. Cause yeah. I'm the worst and my memory is literally like a goldfish, but that I feel like to your point, right. It's so, it's so true that he literally thought this is the person that I meant to be with until he saw her. Yeah. And groped her for the record. Like what yeah. a fucking creep. You think she's gross and you grope her the way you did on yeah. television? He grabbed her ass like bag. like literally just I remember seeing that and I was like, what the fuck? Um yeah. I I think for me this brings up like a larger question um of like, do you think that the future of dating could actually be blind? Like from what I've seen no. on these shows, no. But like I'd love to hear your perspective on this. Um, no, I don't think so. And I think for that's for so many reasons, one of which being that the primary way people date nowadays mm-hmm. is purely based on looks mm. and then like socioeconomic status, right? Like mm. how many, I mean, we, we all like love to just look at our friends, Tinders and Bumbles and whatever the, the other um, apps are. And, and like, you know, how many times you've been like, oh, and then you're like left Right? Yeah. Why? I don't read these people's fucking information. I straight up, I'm like, no, that's not that. I don't find that person attractive. Moving on. I don't even bother to fucking read their name or how yeah. old they are or where they live. Like, but if you find someone who you're like, oh, okay, then you start to look. That's and and I just think that that's like theoretically, you would think because I feel like people are so exhausted by it. Like, I haven't met a single person that's like, I love the apps. I'm having a great time. Definitely not. Everyone talks about how exhausting it is. Yeah. But at the same time, I still think that like 
that they're not going away. And so I just don't, I just don't think that there's like any coming back from that. I mean, what's so funny about that is like every person I've talked to has really hated the dating apps. Like, and it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to me because I don't see us evolving from it. Like I don't see the apps really evolving. I don't see people evolving to like navigate without them or finding an alternative. All you see is just a new app with like a different spin to it. Um, (laughs) Like people love to hate it. Right? Like, Well, I think it's just like, I think it's the only real option at this point. Like if you're not on the apps and you're single and you're like, and you're just expecting to meet someone organically at a bar, you know, you want that meet cute moment. Like you're yeah. never going to no. And and even if you do meet someone at a bar, they're probably on the apps too. So I, but with that, I, I do know a lot of people though that have reached out to and like engaged um, matchmakers. I know people who are like... Matchmakers, really? Yeah. Yeah. I know people who, you know, there are certain, um, not necessarily qualities, because let's be real, I think quality character traits are probably the lowest thing on the totem pole these days. But no, there are certain just like lifestyle things, like people who drink or people who don't drink or people who Mm. are ex-religion or not. And so, yeah, I I know a number of people who have like worked with a matchmaker. I don't know anyone that's had success, but I know that people are like looking towards that again. I mean, that's the thing though, right? It's like... Because I feel like with matchmakers, it is playing once again on the premise that like love is blind to a degree, right? Of like, well, I can, you know, match you based on some of these other mm-hmm. traits or characteristics that you've kind of listed down. Um, so there was a study done of like, I think it was like 335 married couple back in 2014. And they found okay. that sexual satisfaction significantly predicted emotional intimacy for husbands and wives, while emotional intimacy didn't appear to have a significant influence on sexual satisfaction. AKA, you can't really have a successful relationship um, that allows for the level of emotional intimacy needed unless you have the sexual intimacy. So kind of playing the card of like, there's so much <laughs> writing on physical physicality and physical attractiveness that like even emotional intimacy can't build up the way that it needs to unless you guys are physically attracted together. And there's like, got it. You know this. I've like talked about this on the show of like the biological differences between men and women and how men are typically more um, visual creatures while women, Mm -hmm. we look at the full package. We want someone who's like going to genetically, you know, bless our children for the best best opportunities for survival, (laughs) but also someone who can provide and protect. And that's just like biologically ingrained over, you know, however long humans have been in existence. Um, Back when we were bonobos. Exactly, bonobos. Um, And then there's also the fact that, you know, pheromones are a really big thing and you can't tell if you're going to be attracted to someone's pheromones unless you're in their presence. There's even studies been done where like you can actually distinguish compatibility by saliva. So kissing is a really big thing too. Um, Hmm. So I just, I think about it and I feel like these studies are are basically proving that there are way too many factors that play into compatibility from a physical standpoint that like none of these couples on these shows were really meant to succeed, to be honest. And really at the end of the day, it's all about producer manipulation and really for our entertainment. (laughs) 
Like, let's be real. Really, it's just for us and for it's really just for our entertainment and for you to hope that you're going to get a teamy tea, a skinny tea <laughs> blends contract after you know your your episodes. Um, mm. We get it. We understand. So. I feel like there's like so many things that you just said. First of all, the first half of my brain, I was it wasn't really computing. So thank you for kind of dumbing it down for me. I was like, you're welcome. That's what I'm here mm-hmm. for. Um, I was thinking when you were talking about how like the sexual attraction or sexual compatibility has to come before the emotional and it made me think of Harry and Charlotte mm-hmm. on Sex and City. Remember where, where mm-hmm. she was just like, ew, he's disgusting and bald and sweaty and blah, 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 blah. And then they had sex and she was like, oh my God, but it was like the greatest sex ever. And then like, that's how the the relationship developed. So um, good for you, Sex in the City, Michael Patrick King, for thinking about that years before we all like had t- the Tinder um, experiment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm also, I was also just thinking about like, you know, when you meet someone at a bar, right? Like that's everyone's dream, right? To meet someone organically or at work or whatever it might be or walking down the street and you catch each other's eyes. Um, The romantic in me is getting all (laughs) flustered. (laughs) And I'm like, that shit doesn't happen. So like, obviously there's something about that person, but have you ever like, you like, like ugly hot guys or funny hot guys, right? Yeah. Like Pete Davidson. Think about that. I don't think he's hot at all. I think he's just I don't even know if he's that funny, but I don't think, I think he's just ugly. He's not ugly. That's mean. He's, I don't think he's hot at all. Um, no, but like, I, I don't know. Like sometimes that energy, like big dick energy, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't translate well on dating apps and shit. No, because there are so many things that play into that. Like, are you witty enough that you can write something funny? Mm-hmm. Do you know how to craft your dating profile mm-hmm. that, you know, catches people? It's literally just like any other marketing fucking scheme these days, like Instagram, yeah. right? It's all about how do you brand yourself? How do you market yourself? Are you posing at the right times? Blah, 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 whatever. But then also, let's say that you think someone's really attractive on whatever you swipe, you meet. And then like, how many times do people, I know a lot of people that have just called off anything, even if they're like, we got along really well, but they didn't look like their picture. Right? Yeah. I have like, I get such an ick about that. Cause I feel like people, I mean, I'll talk about from my own experience, you know, like Pierre wasn't my type. Like my type was always like six foot something, blonde, blue eyes, like very much like rugby player, right? I ended up with like a six foot, like tall, like darker features. Um, he has like gray color eyes. not have darker features. Do you well, think? Like, well, like dark hair, like the, you know Comparatively what I mean? speaking, sure. Comparatively sure. speaking. Um, he has like the gray eyes and he's more of like a frat boy D-bagel look to him. You know what I mean? Like... It's just very, very different from what I'm used to. And then also my other type is like the nerdy skinny white boys too, right? So it's like I have very, very particular things. And I always thought that like what I wanted was very specific and I was clear on it. But what I wanted Mm -hmm. wasn't what I needed. And I think that's what people who are on these dating apps forget is that, you know, you can create a list all you want, but unless you really know yourself and nobody really knows themselves, it's just a continuous journey of getting to know yourself. Um, you don't really know what it is that you need. And I think when people dismiss 
folks based on the fact that they just don't check one box or two box out of a fucking list of 50 or 100. Um, I find that really disheartening and I don't think that they will ever find happiness. That's just my two cents. So I think I think it depends. I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm. I, I I never would have thought, oh, you know, though, when I think about it, now that we've gotten, you know, pants and stuff that fit him and Mark isn't wearing size 40 jeans anymore and we <laughs> introduce him to the art of like a t-shirt um, <laughs> and he doesn't wear New Balance dad sneakers anymore. Um and we got him a haircut and little things like that. I, I feel like actually when I think about it, Mark kind of is like the guy I like, right? Like dark features, lightish eyes, um, Italian last name. Um, but I feel like when I, when I first met him, I was like, I don't know if this guy's my type. But I think it's because he was still like, you know, he was a little nerdy. But I really, really liked him. And th- there was physical you know, yeah. attraction and chemistry. There's physical chemistry. Mm-hmm. I was attracted to him, but like, again, he, we needed, he needed a little refinement from uh, just like the, the image he puts out there, not necessarily what he looked like, mm-hmm. but it was just like, Hey, let's get you a haircut and teach you what pomade is. Um, Crack me but, <laughs> but no, but, but I feel like <laughs> while, while I understand what you're saying, I also think, especially now, right. When you have all of this option and mm-hmm. when, when like there's just so much out there that like you you need to be honest like put you need to put your best foot forward is what i think i'm saying mm-hmm. so if i meet you and like this goes for girls too like bitch you've had how many fucking filters mm-hmm. on like i'm going to be turned off a because i think you're a liar but b it's like how insecure are you that you had to do that? No, I can understand that. Um, I just think that it's really hard. Like, let's say that that isn't the case, right? Like, it's not the filter situation, but there's like one or two things that I've had friends who go on these dates who come back and are just like, yeah, well, you know, his nails are too short. What? Or, you know, like he did this weird thing where he like kept clearing his throat. Like, what? She's like, yeah, like we connected and like we had so much in common and there's definitely physical attraction, but it's something like stupid that they're just like not willing to move forward on. Um, And I think that because of this image of so many options, like if you look hard enough, even with the most perfect of people in front of you, you will find a flaw. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't find a flaw in you, but... Oh, my God. Stop. Not with You're that ass. fucking um, liar, but it's okay. <laughs> I still love you. Um, but, like, all I'm trying to say is, is you will find a flaw in anybody that you meet. And I think if a lot of people will use one little thing as an excuse to not give someone a chance, um, especially when we have been driven in a society that focuses primarily on the physicality. Because when you are in a dating app, what do you have? You literally have pictures and that's like the first thing. And with our brains, the way that we've developed, we've talked about this, how attention span is decreasing year after year because of like how social media and the way that we engage with the world is changing. Um, when we have like a six second time span or attention span, what are we going to focus on? Nobody's going to read a fucking profile. Like you said earlier, they're going to go off pictures. Yes. But I, but I don't necessarily think that that's like not how it's always been. I just think it's, it it is more 
it's like hyper, I don't know the word I'm trying to look for, but I, I think that it's just, it's like exacerbated. It's exacerbated. That's the word I was looking for. It's exacerbated. But anyway, so to go, to go back to these shows, right. Um, I think that there are definitely people who are relying solely on their looks, other people's looks when they're, you know, when they're swiping. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like people are like signing up for love is blind and married at first sight and all these things. Cause I do think that there is fatigue. And Mm -hmm. I think that maybe there's a part of us that wants to believe that like, we're not all completely fucked and turning into like aliens that don't, you know, (laughs) that don't have, or or that are anything other than like superficial pieces of shit because that's really what we are. I mean, yeah, I I do agree with you. I think that there is definitely this level of fatigue. I mean, you and I have single friends who we help like swipe through the apps, um, and you can just see them too. Where like I, at least I can speak to about my friends where they're just like, "Fuck this! I'm deleting all the apps. Like I can't do this. <laughs> like this is just too much. Makes me lose yeah. faith in society as a whole." Um, because of course, like there's things like ghosting that is now developed because of the rise of, you know, dating in these, in this way. Um, but I think, you know, I, I shared an article with you a while back and this was something that Pierre had shared with me because it was so fascinating. And I think it really is a good reflection on why people are experiencing such a level of fatigue And um, so the article really talks about the Tinder economy and by economy, they really talk about the socioeconomics of attractiveness. Um, So they're using like attractive layers and likes and swipes as a way to determine um, sort of your hierarchy within the Tinder economy. Um, which I think is fascinating. Um, And it was determined that the bottom 80% of men in terms of attractiveness are competing for the bottom 22% of women. And the top 78% of women are competing for the top 20% of men. So already the data is skewed and there is 80% of men that are not getting any traction or any advancements or any, you know, the time of day from women purely because we have become so hyper-focused on looks that we're not willing to look beyond that. Isn't that insane? That makes me really sad. Right? Because I do, I actually do know a lot of guys who are like, and this is, doesn't mean that there's, you know, they can be straight, they can be gay. Like, I know a lot of guys that just don't have success in the apps and they're like, I literally sit and swipe all day long oh. and I don't get a single like match. And it's like, I don't even know what to say because I'm, you know, I don't have ugly friends. So I'm, it's, it, that's the crazy thing, right? I'm like, I'm like, you're not ugly. You're a nice person. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you've got your shit together, blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's mind boggling to me that well, again, yeah. gay, straight, non-binary, whatever you are. Like, I just, I think that this is something that, yeah, like I've, I've seen it in, in real life and it's, yeah, it's really sad. I mean, the thing is, is when, when I read this, I was just thinking, okay, well then what's the solution? You know what I mean? Cause I'm seeing yeah. it as a problem that needs to be solved. Um, it just, it kind of just shows me sort of the evolution of what these dating apps have created, like essentially the monster that it's created of the primary focus is purely on physicality, right? So if you're extremely attractive and if you photograph mm-hmm. well, Girl, you're fucking set on these apps. You know what I mean? Like, for sure (laughs) set on these apps. But if you don't, if you are what people would perceive as like average level of attractiveness, 
but you have like all of these other amazing qualities, you're going to get passed up on because once again, these apps, the primary focus and what we've been, you know, ingrained to focus on and conditioned to focus on within these apps is purely looks. Um, And so I was thinking, I was like, what if we had an app for like average looking people? But then like, it would have to be like an actual like interview process to like go through and see if you're even like allowed to be in the apps, kind of like the league, except instead of being focused on super rich and well-connected, it's, are you average looking enough for this? So first of all, I have a very good idea for a dating app and I'm not going to say it publicly because I think that this is maybe... Oh, this is it. This is this is how we make our millions. This is it. I think this okay. is it. So I'm not going to announce it, but maybe one day you'll see it. And don't worry, we'll tell you about it here once it's in the beta stage. This isn't um, this isn't brunching with bears, is it? Because I've no, heard this not, idea maybe, before. No, maybe we should call. Uh, we should call it brunching with bears. No, um, but I. I do think that like apps are trying to solve by like having different features. So I think it's. Bumble now, or maybe it's Hinge, that they actually incorporated like an audio piece or an audio, not segment, um, feature. So that's actually so kind it's of like, fascinating. Yeah. It's cool, right? Because it's not just like, what are you writing? So people, you can maybe like understand the inflection or like the tone. Is it funny? Are they being sarcastic? Are they being serious? And so it'll ask you like, what is something that most people don't know about you? And then you can like record your answer and then people can listen to you. So they kind of get it. I think it's a really interesting way to like give people more insight. So Um, another fun thing. Oh, sorry. Did not mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say though that like in that article that you sent me, which first of all, I'm not kidding. 88% of it went right over my head. I was like, there's a lot of big words. There's a lot of numbers here. Um, but there was a part where they mentioned that like so many people, it's it's kind of like a numbers game at a certain point, right? Even mm-hmm. though you, I mean the, you know, the pool, it, it just doesn't, the, it doesn't compute. But um, people, they were saying how like people literally just sit and like, they don't even look at it. They just swipe right and pray that they'll get, you know, yeah. a couple of hits off of that. And it's like hours. And I know people that have done that too, that literally like, they don't even fucking read the... So, like, they, don't, they like, overcorrect, I think, and that they don't even look like, am I relatively compatible or attracted to this person? Just they're so, so desperate to get some attention that, that they will do that. Is it you me know? or, like, I kind of wonder, like... What, okay, so first off, I'm going to make this point and then I'm going to go back to the, to the other point oh, I wanted yeah. to make about the audio thing. Um, like, am I naive to think that like what happened to people actually meeting one another outside in public? Is that just like not a thing anymore? Does, does that not occur? I don't think so. I think a big part of it is just like, because people are so fucking antisocial and we're like all staring at our phone or we just like don't mm. know how to, how to interact with people and in like IRL, right? It's, it's like, yeah. it's, I think that there's a lot of anxiety. I was actually talking about this yesterday with someone who was saying that her 18-year-old niece just came to visit from the UK and she was like, she's like an alien and physically doesn't know how to speak to someone. Like she she was like, ask for the Wi-Fi, ask for the Wi-Fi when they went out to like a restaurant and she was like, you asked for it. And she was like, no, no. But like she then, like physically doesn't know how to communicate, for example. I mean, but then that's like a bigger societal problem. Like, could you imagine oh, later yeah. generations that can't talk to one? How are we going to be able to collaborate and get anything done? 
Like now this is like making me very concerned from like a societal progression standpoint, because I don't get me oh, wrong. For sure. I have social anxiety too. Sometimes I'm like, I will never answer the phone unless I know the number that is calling me. Um, and, yeah. and even you know, then, and even then I'm like, I'm like, I have to like mentally prepare myself, especially if it's yeah. like, you know, my mom is calling me. I'm like, what does she want? Cause then, you know, my like mind goes to like very dark places. Um, but like I get it to a certain degree, but I'm also like, how are you going to survive in this world? Like, you know, like survival of the fittest, like you, you yeah. got to learn how to talk to people. And maybe this is me being like cruel and maybe just overly logical and analytical about it. But I don't know. There's a part mm-hmm. of me that's just like, uh, what happened to meeting people in, in person? Um, but going back to the okay. audio part of the yes. of the thing, so it's kind of fascinating that they included that because there are studies that talk about um, how people can become more attracted based on your um, actual vocal range and how you speak. So oh. for women in particular, our voice changes based on the area or period of our cycle that we're on and our ovulation cycle. And we oh. actually, our tone changes when we're ovulating to make us more desirable. Um, and so for any women who are dating on those apps and want to ensure that their voice is as attractive as possible, make sure that you record those when you're ovulating, just a heads up. Um, but yeah, so you were just full of like life advice for, for people today. And I love it. (laughs) Watch, watch self-core porn. If you're not comfortable watching real porn with your partner, I'm just a modern day Dr. Phil. What can I say? I kind of love that. But no, I think it's like actually a wonderful idea that they're incorporating that because that now adds another layer that the, because there's so many physical factors that are, you know, missing from these dating apps. But I Mm -hmm. think this allows for um, a layer of compatibility to be checked before you even engage with that person, which I think is great. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of what else, what are our other senses, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Visual, auditory. Mm-hmm. Touch you can't do, um, and smell you can't do, right? Yeah. Well, so I think someone I'm sure will find a way somehow. Someone maybe what we'll just ask people. Describe your your, your natural musk. <laughs> oh God, um, what is it? They call it like the smellometer or the smellow something. Where it's like the what? next evolution of what our phones will be able to provide us. Where it's like you could literally bring your phone up to you and you could smell whatever it is. That'd be kind of cool. That's. I think we're years away from it, though. Or I don't know how I feel about never that. <laughs> like, what's the use case for that? Do you want to know how someone smells? Do you want to know like the perfume? I don't know. I just feel like that's like a waste of society's time. <laughs> we need brain power on other things, like how to get formula well, if to supermarkets. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't get me started on that. Um, but I mean, like if we're at a point where society can't talk to one another, right? Like if people can't engage with one another naturally, um, I guess this is like a way to allow folks to be on their fucking phones um, without having to, you know, worry about the fact that, uh, you know, they don't have to like engage with people externally and have their anxiety heightened. It's like, okay, well, I have everything on my phone, all of the data and information I need, which seems way too formulaic still, but you know, it's one way to correct, I guess, for the situation at hand. I hate it. I don't like it. You know how I feel. I mean, come on. 
I can't even get down with like VR. Um, That's fair. Unless it's VR porn, because that's just really funny to watch people squirm when you're at, when they're at your house for a party. Um, yes. But yeah, no, I, I think I'm just thinking, I was thinking before, you know, how you said like, you know, people that will say, oh, he kept scratching his nose or I don't know, whatever, something super random. And then they'll never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a friend where it's become a running joke where she once was like, I couldn't, he had a stiff neck and she was like, what? She like described it and she was like, he had to look like this. And that was like the end of that. Never spoke to him again because he had a stiff neck. And so every time like Mark wakes up with a stiff neck, he's like, oh my gosh, I can't speak to, to Jay, our friend. Um, he's like, because I can't, I, he's like, I can't let her see me with a stiff neck. She'll never talk to me again. It's, just, it's like a running joke. So, um, but I like, but sometimes she's unattractive. You know what I mean? Like if someone... Uh, I actually think she also had a case where the guy kept clearing his throat. Um, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't not get it. You know what I mean? But I, I think, like, if everything else checked out, like, hey, yeah. maybe you get him a massage for a date. Yeah. Or maybe you get him an inhaler or a humidifier or something. Like, all I'm saying is that, like, the the finished product that is Mark was mm-hmm. not always, like, you know, he was wearing size 40 jeans when we met. And I had to... I had to introduce him to the world of like tailoring. There was a level of like patience you had and understanding. And I think, you know, when I think about the throat clearing guy, right, from an incident with one of my friends, um, I always think like maybe he was getting over a cold and that's just like him one night randomly. Like that's not how he usually is. Like instead of judging, maybe be a little curious, like at least go on a second date, especially if you like connect in other ways. Um, but if he's still clearing his throat and you clearly can't get over that, then yeah, I mean, you know what it is that, you know, will drive you crazy versus not what you can live with versus what you can't. Um, I don't know. I just, I think I've just seen so many friends be picky just to be picky for picky's sake. And it annoys the shit out of me because then they're also complaining about how like, oh, Maddie, like, I just want like a love like yours. And like, I just want to find my forever person and I want to be married and I hate being alone. I was like, you think that this just came like, oh, natural, like this shit takes work. Like, you don't think I don't get annoyed with some of the stupid shit he does? Like, what are you saying right now? (laughs) Not everything is Prince Charming on a white horse coming to save you. It's like the Insta versus reality, right? Instagram versus reality. People see that. People don't necessarily see all of the work that, you know, we had to put in. Um, and that I'm sure they feel like they had to put into us. Um, just kidding. There was nothing no, that there they was needed to do. Nowhere. We were perfect <laughs> upon them receiving this package. We were perfect. Oh my God. I need to tell you this story. Um, when I was in Egypt, uh, my mom is clearly not on my side anymore. You guys, this is becoming a problem. Um, so my uncle who I hadn't seen in fucking like 10 years, like I got to see his three kids. He and I have like so many core memories together because he's the youngest out of my mom's um, siblings. He was 17 when I was born. And so me and him just like have like a really strong connection. Like he would stay with us in Egypt, um, whenever my dad wasn't with us so that we would have like a male figure in the house as like, you know, protector, if you will. Um, and we would always go and get ice cream together and like hang out and jokes. He was actually the first person who would allow me to watch horror movies. So like me and him loved horror movies together. Um, anyway, so he was shocked that I had married a Frenchman and he was giving me shit for it. And apparently I like walked up at some point to go get, um, mango smoothies for everyone at the table. 
and Yum. him and my mom get into it. And he's like, so why did she choose like a French guy? Like out of, out of all the, like she could have chosen Egyptian. She could have chosen American. She could have chosen like an English guy when she was living in England. Like why this French guy? And my mom was like, Pierre? Pierre is worth more than a thousand Egyptian guys or a thousand Americans. She's like, Pierre is like so good to her and this, and this, and that. And um, at some point he was like, he was like, oh yeah, he's that good. He's like, but he got Maddie and like Maddie is the best around. Like there's no one like, like he lucked out getting her. And my mom, I shit you not, turns him. She was like, don't forget, like Maddie is very difficult. So the fact that she found a man that could like deal with her shit is a miracle in and of itself. Don't forget, like, I'm her mother. I would know. (gasps) I love your mom so much. Mother. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) The fact that she was like, yeah, no, my daughter is a pain in the ass. The fact that he even agreed to marry her and take her out of my household is a fucking miracle. And I'm sitting there like, excuse me, what? So first of all, one of the things that, one of the primary things I took out of this story is that like everybody fucking hates French people. It's pretty much. It's and vice versa. <laughs> um, but second of all, no, I mean, look, I think that that's, I think that's great, right? That your mom loves her son-in-law. That doesn't happen for everybody. We're really lucky that our, you know, we have those relationships. I know, but I just thought that you would but find you it are. fucking hilarious because we're over here like, you we're perfect. And my mom's over there like, bitch, no, you are not. You are lucky. <laughs> and I was you like, know, <gasps> I do. And now thinking about it though, I feel like my mom also kind of takes Mark's side all the time. Yeah. Like yeah. she, she thinks I didn't hear him, but like one night, I don't know. I said something like, no, you don't need a, you know, whatever. Ca- I don't know. So you a camera or something. And she, she goes, don't let her control you. And I was like, what? Like, I heard you. Excuse me. And she was just like, what? I'm just saying. I'm just and I was like, you're you not know. like, yeah, I think that that's also like a mom thing. I think moms just love to like, I don't know. I think, I think it's but because. But I think it's also a sign that they're happy. Well, yeah, but I also think it's because they know how much of a pain in the ass we were when they were raising us that they take that and they have the trauma of raising a fucking demon and they just think like, oh my God, this man has to deal with this demon now for the rest of his life. And so that's sort of the baseline for them when they think about like, oh, thank God yeah. someone took her off of my hands. You know, that's that's probably what it was. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, fine. Maybe. I'm not saying that that's not it, but I also think that a lot of it is just they're them being moms that are proud. But yeah, no, my mom, she loves to say like, I hope that you get pregnant with a little witch just like you. Like she literally says that. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I hope so too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. um, Appreciate that so much. We love you. Look, look, Mark, Pierre, you're welcome. Because if it weren't for Maddie and I, the two of you would Mm -hmm. be fighting for, what is it? The... The bottom twenty two percent, or no? I feel like they would be in the like the the very liked category. So what does that mean? They're fighting so for they, the top. What? I think it's the top seventy eight percent of women. Okay, fine. So fuck you guys. You'd be fine. <laughs> we hate you. No, but just they lucked out. Let's just also. I just go back and sorry for our listeners who are on the dating apps. Um, I'm so fucking glad that. Pierre and I found each other before the explosion of all of this. Like I tell him constantly, I don't think 
like I could leave you because I don't think I could do this <laughs> and live in this modern world and with the modern concepts of dating. Like, could you imagine the level, like with how straightforward we are, like trying to navigate this weird game of online no. dating? I just, I don't think no. I could do it. No. Yeah. I mean, not mm-hmm. to like, I don't want any of you to lose hope who are currently on the online dating scene. You're going to find him. You're going to find him, her, they, them, whatever you're looking for out there. Um, I just think there is a level here. If I were to give my two cents, I think that, yes, you know, keep on. It's a numbers game. Eventually, you'll look out. But also, I think, like, don't forget, like, you could also meet someone very much in person. And considering all of the physical factors that, you know, go into... Uh, sexual compatibility and, you know, that drive emotional intimacy. I think it's also important to like recognize that, you know, maybe that, you know, not to say get over your social anxiety, but maybe try to get outside of your comfort zone when in public and try to look for that Prince Charming when in public or Princess Charming. Ask for the Wi-Fi. Ask for the Wi-Fi. It's okay. Ask for the Wi-Fi. Wink a little, you know, flirt with the the barista or flirt with that guy at the bar. Um, Whatever it is, just, you know, there's so many physical factors that that go into it that you are most likely to meet your match, I think, in person than on an app. That's just my two cents. Maybe. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with that by any by any means, but I do think that like you also have to shoot your shot on the app. But I also think open up open up your yeah. expectations. Remember that you can change a size, someone's pant size. Yeah. You can get them a haircut. And just, mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so don't don't judge yeah. a book by its cover. I'm just going to go back to the fact of the matter is that nobody really knows themselves on like the deepest of deep levels. Like we're all in this journey trying to figure out who we all are, right? And it's an ongoing journey throughout life. Um, So at the end of the day, what you think you want isn't what you need. So I'm just going to leave with that because I think sometimes... Another nugget. Another little nugget of wisdom. What can I say? I'm full of shit today. Um, (laughs) I just think it's important to like remember that um, because you might dismiss someone immediately because of one little thing that they don't check off. But at the end of the day, it could be someone that like you need, you know, in order to heal, in order to be a better person, in order, you know, to like really find a fulfilling partner. You never know. So just remember that. And with that, I think it's time that we bid you adieu because I can't... Juices. Can't add anything more than that. And we love you all. See you next week. See y'all next week. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic and the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 